Hi, I'm Susan. And this is Diane. And this is When Autumn Comes. Look, life sometimes just looks different than we thought it would. This is a podcast for mamas and for people who love them, whose lives were flipped upside down as a doctor looked into our eyes and explained our child's prognosis. Or for the mamas who get very little sleep as they face symptoms and behaviors that just aren't typical for other children. This is a place where we can take on this journey together because we know that this can be a sad, lonely, misunderstood path. But we also know that as colder temperatures and darker days begin to appear, so do the golden leaves and beautiful sunsets of autumn. We know that life comes in seasons. We know that in our world, 24 hours can hold so much change that it feels like four seasons in one day. We are here to let you share your story, let you laugh and let you cry, let you learn and let you grow together with other mothers when autumn comes. Welcome back to a pop-up episode. This was not a scheduled planned episode. We're kind of throwing this one together here quite quickly, actually, because it's Friday and it will go live on Wednesday. I also just realized it was Friday, which is why y'all's 4 a.m. just showed up at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, <laughs> oh, I haven't posted on, it's on the fine. society it's either. fine. So today we have um, Aubrey is joining us. Welcome back, Aubrey. She was here last year, mid last year. Like it's been, I think, oh gosh, it's already 2022. Yes. <laughs> I think it was, I think yes. it was actually February. I think we, yeah. I last think, February. I think it was last February. We recorded. She is the cutie. She is the cutie Jackson. Yeah. yeah. He's the most animated. I can't remember. My, little round face. I can't boy. remember yesterday. So, so. cute. He well, is. He's still so, got those cheeks. And she just Ugh. she just got home from a drive back from Cincinnati and another hospital stay because that's how her life is. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes back in ten days. So you you woman, I you I, you're a superwoman. Okay. So today we are talking actually about COVID. And we have done a really good job of I hate to say the word avoiding this topic on this podcast. We haven't dove into this topic because it can be super controversial and because we all, even in the medical mom community, we all feel so differently about it. Now that masks are being taken off and precautions are being rolled back and hopefully we're getting back to some sort of normal for the world, wouldn't that be wonderful? Like normal, (laughs) whatever normal may be. Will that ever be though for some of us? Oh, it won't for me. I, I said to my yeah. sister, I said, there will be no normal again for me. And she was like, well, I was like, no, because if there is a normal, if we do get back to that, Lorelai's not here. So even if we get out of this pandemic, my life isn't going back to normal. And it humbled me to think all the people who have lost someone because of COVID, mm-hmm. we are all rushing back to normal, but like 800,000 people died from this virus or from sides of side effects of this virus, their loved ones aren't going to get back to some form of normal. Grief is stupid. Let me tell you. But (laughs) I wanted to bring a couple moms on here to talk about how all of this getting back to quote unquote normal, the re-entry after a pandemic, how it is affecting families with immunocompromised kids and medical kids and typical kids and how it looks. So 
Aubrey, you have a severely immunocompromised son, so much so that he cannot have the vaccine because he his body can't handle it. I have a severely immunocompromised son who has, we have been told, as soon as it is available, get the shot. And Diane, you have Sayla, who isn't as severely immunocompromised, and you have two typical children also. So what is everything looking like for you guys in your parts of the world? Um, In Minnesota, where we have been, I wouldn't say as conservative conservative as California or New York, but we've been a little bit more conservative. We had mask mandates, you know, with all the surrounding States, not really having that. They're just now lifting like my kids now um, just got the okay that they don't have to wear masks to school anymore and on the bus. And we'll get like updates, weekly updates. And just last week, I think there was one case in one of their schools and one in the other one. So cases have taken a nosedive, thankfully, um, deaths are taking a, a nosedive and hospitalization. So it is looking good. It's on the up and up. I wouldn't say it's completely back to normal because there are some like little pockets of the city that still require like, okay, if you go to a big event, you have to wear a mask or um, like my daughter has a dance competition next weekend. We all have to wear masks there. Um, so it's getting more back to normal, quote unquote, yeah. whatever that looks like. Um, and Aubrey? So. I mean, ours is similar as well. Um Virginia Beach, for instance, uh, I mean, and I posted about this and stuff, it's kind of been in in waves, you know, once the mask mandate was lifted for educational, for educational, you know, facilities and stuff, you kind of saw the wave of, you know, a couple of different cities said, no, we're just going to keep the mask mandate in place. Other cities said, well, you know, we can't make you do this. You have the right as a parent to say no to the mask mandate because of the new laws from the governor. But, you know, it's it's always emphasized in all of our notifications we get that it's still it's still important. It's a good part of our, you know, our layers of protection. Um, but we can't force you to do this. Um, and we actually just got an update last night. So it's kind of trickled down the same as you said, Diane, where it kind of went from that to, okay, well, now you don't have to wear masks at all. We're going to completely remove it. But you still have the teachers still have to wear masks and you still have to wear them on the bus. And actually, as of three, seven, um, we got an email last night that now you don't have to wear masks on the bus. It's optional for staff if they want to wear a mask. Um, And our school is actually all of our district is providing N95s for the kids if they'd like them. Um, So that was something different that was put in. Yeah. So you can um, pick up your KN95s for your kids and they can wear them. So ours is if they want to. If they want to, yeah. And they always say, um, you know, everything is said with that preface. Like if you want to, if, you know, it's encouraged and stuff. And for us, my girls know, my girls know that they're going to continue to wear a mask that, you know, regardless of what your friends, well, and two things, your friends are doing what they think is best, what their family think is best. So let's be respectful of that. But for our family and they know, and they'll tell their friends, you know, my brother's immune compromised. We want to make sure he's protected. So my girls are at the age where they're really good about putting those masks on and understanding that he needs that. And um, they haven't really fought me on it or there hasn't been any, well, mommy, my friend. And surprisingly, a lot of our, our, our school is still, we have the largest school in Virginia beach. We have over 1300 kids. So um, surprisingly in one school in one school. Yes, ma'am. Elementary school. Okay. Five. Yep. We have 1300 kids. Wow. So (laughs) I think there's a gosh, I think there's like six or seven third grade classes. It's a lot. But it's, it's really, they're doing a good job of having, you know, just 
first of all, the respectfulness of it, but a lot of people in general, I am seeing still feel like it's, it's needed, you know, like it's important Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, you're seeing it everywhere though. Like you said, Diane, I went to the nail salon today, for instance, and the shields were down for the first time in like, however many, but I still wear my mask and they still wear their masks, their KN95. So there was still that respect there, Mm -hmm. but you're seeing some of those little small things trickle down and kind of pull away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just been a slow progression. I I don't leave my house very much at all. Like I just don't. We 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 don't take Benji anywhere. Um, we are terrified. We lost Lorelai to rhinovirus, a common head cold, on top of her underlying mitochondrial disease. So we are terrified. January, when the numbers were way high because of you know the Christmas holiday, I went with Benji to live with my parents in the middle of nowhere, North Carolina, because the COVID numbers were so high at my husband's work. And that was our way of protecting Benji as best we could. And now I'm entering this phase of Benji's not vaccinated because he's not old enough. But like, at what point can, can I ever feel safe to go to the nail salon? Like I, I actually noticed your nails and they look very nice, but I was like, (laughs) At what point, like, am I going to ever feel okay? Am I going to ever feel safe doing that again? And how does this re-entry feel for you, Aubrey? So the re-entry for me, and again, I'm coming from a completely different lens than you because I don't, I feel like my lens would be completely shifted as well based on what you've gone through, your situation, you know, I mean, even the- And you also have your girls who are going out to school. Like that has to be a little terrifying too. And that was scary. Like we had the conversations a couple months ago um, with his bone marrow transplant doctor. You know, I said, okay, they're lifting. What? Are, and she said, you know, we've got to do the best we can. And she she's very cautious about we've got to let the girls be themselves and get into the school yeah. and do what they need to do. But I'll put little quips in there like, so are you going to let Jackson go? And she looked at me. She said, first of all, you know, my, my nerves can't handle that. Second of all, no. So, <laughs> you know. And it's interesting, though, with her, what she said to me the other day when I asked her about the vaccine, I said, can he get the vaccine? And she said, no, because I don't want him to get the vaccine. I want to wait for the monoclonal antibodies. But she said, I think that Jackson would be okay. I said, what do you mean? She said, if it was still Delta, I'd be concerned. She said, but the way things are shifting, I think he could handle it if he got COVID. And I was like, okay. So for me, that was kind of a turning point as well, thinking, all right, we had one of, you know, um, I've seen other people around us that have the same, you know, there's a group of us or whatever. The kiddos have fought um, through COVID and stuff. And I'm not saying that's reduced my, my apprehension or being scared. But I think hearing it from her mouth and hearing her trust in it did help a little bit. You know, we just got back from Disney too, a month ago. And I was terrified, to be completely honest, I was terrified to go But I also had to look at it and say, with some of these things that we're doing with Jackson, I've had to say, will he get this opportunity again? Will his body allow him to get this opportunity again? Will we get these memories again? And I've had to make it. And I also have to say, my girls have lost so much. They have lost so much. I I shouldn't say because of him, because that's not the right word, but because of the situation, you know. Because of his condition, not because of him, but because of his medical condition. Yeah. And we're compromising, you know, we're like, we're, you're going to still wear your masks. And I appreciate that. And if it gets really hot on the summer days, maybe we'll talk about, can you take them off outside or a different mechanism? But 
you know, I have to still let them go. And for me as well, I, for my mental state, I had to let myself go and do stuff. That's where I'm struggling because my husband is very much like still washing groceries concerned. And I just need some sense of like, my mental health is not only drowning because of grief of losing my daughter, but I go into stores wearing an N95 and I'm having anxiety attacks because I'm like, at some point we have to go in, do, I have to go to get a pedicure guys. I have to get a pedicure because my feet need it. <laughs> Let's be Ain't real. nobody want to see that. <laughs> Good thing it's a podcast. Otherwise I'd be lifting my feet up to show you. But it, like at some point we have to re-enter in some way, shape or form. And I will say, I feel like, I mean, my gosh, we just talked about it this morning and how nobody is ever walking the same path, no matter mm-hmm. how similar it is. Yep. Nobody is ever walking the same path. So, you know, I feel very similar to Aubrey because I have two, you know, non-immunocompromised kids, which by the way, and not to minimize um, COVID, but I think it's such a mental game along with mm-hmm. what it has brought, right? Yes. Like it, it came in and it took people out and it cracked, you know, it just like, it was like a brick wall. We all hit it. We had no idea it was coming and it was definitely scary. That song, it came um, in like a wrecking ball. Yes, totally. (laughs) With the most respect and sympathies to people that have lost loved ones to COVID. I mean, it it was devastating. I know that I've struggled. Like I was in the very beginning, I said to my neighbors, like, I'm sorry if I seem crazy because one day I'm having our kids ride bikes on the opposite sides of the street. And the other days I'm letting them play with sidewalk chalk outside together. I mean, it was like so hard to navigate. and we're all different, still different phases of that. Like where I feel like I'm on the other side of like, okay. I mean, and granted, we have had COVID in our house. Um, not that that makes. But it took almost I, two years for you to get. You know, I'm looking at so many people who now have gotten it and it's been okay. Like it's been a head mm-hmm. cold or it's been a, a light flu. And we've spent two years terrified of what will happen mm-hmm. if we get it. And then your family got it and it was just like a minor cold for a week for mm-hmm. everybody, right? Like Yeah. Yeah. But the fear and, and the so, anxiety prior to that. Yeah. And I only can speak also like I I I'm a hairdresser so I'm with people all day. Mm-hmm. So I hear opposite ends of the spectrum, people that have zero fear, people that are gripped with fear, um rightfully so for whatever reasons they are and then everywhere in the middle Um, I think ultimately, I know we've talked about this, but my goal is to come from a place of compassion. I mean, not understanding anyone's journey. I know, Susan, you talked about like, how do I do this when, you know, everyone's going back to normal and I don't even know how to manage what normal looks like, uh, let alone non-COVID normal. So I don't think there's a right answer, right? Like there's just not going to be an answer. I think it's all in an internal struggle slash journey slash trying to control anxiety of the what potentially could be Mm -hmm. um, while everyone is going back to quote unquote normal. Well, and again, it's family by family. Like you said, like my normal, Mm -hmm. um, even throughout the entire pandemic, I would still dip into small things and do things where I would go occasionally to do my hair because I knew... Or I would go to some my, my my hairdresser's house, or 
I found a nail salon that I knew was really good um, and had some of the things. And I would do some of those small things. I'm going to need their number when this is over. (laughs) I know. No, I mean, like I said, the one I go to, they all wear tan 95s and they always have and they encourage masks and stuff. I will tell you, I've had some run-ins. I um, I went to the hairdresser one time and I got complacent and I didn't wear my mask. And she ended up, she had been COVID positive when we were there. We did not get it. But I've also had, you know, so I've, like you said, Diane, I've kind of done that. It's like this dance where you, mm-hmm. uh, it, with, with kids, um, you know, I've had my neighbors say respectfully, hey, can the kids play together? Because I, I, I'm just being respectful of your son. And the dance has been different every time. Yeah, because if there if I was close to that scare or I was like for Disney World, for instance, for three Mm -hmm. weeks before I was like, don't look at me, don't breathe. I don't want to talk. But it wasn't (laughs) anything. It was just because I was like, I'm going to make it to Disney. He's going to make it to Disney, you know. And I think there was Mm -hmm. an ebb and flow over these last two years when cases would rise. Like you said, Mm -hmm. you're, you know, for you, you needed to go do that to protect Benji and make sure that everything was what you felt was safe. Um, It's just always so different. And Who's to say that it's not going to evolve again? You know, we, none of us literally know what's going to happen. So the paranoia that I'm starting to feel is that I realize that the flu intubated Lorelai for eight days and put us in the PICU for three weeks. You know, it's not just COVID for me. And Mm -hmm. I look back to when I took Lorelai to Disney and I was just saying to my mom, and I mean, no offense to anybody with this, but like... I was just saying to my mom how like young and stupid I was in mitochondrial disease. Like I took her to Disney. She caught the flu. We didn't even make it to Disney. Like, you know, and I feel like I wish Benji could experience the young and stupid and mito mama that I was for her because we did things. And now I'm just terrified of all germs, COVID, flu, rhinovirus. And I just don't know how to navigate it. I don't think... Like, it's young and stupid. I think it's jaded. Mm -hmm. I think it's like you, unfortunately, in your life have had an experience that has completely and utterly changed your family dynamic, your family, and jaded you. Mm -hmm. And there's really no words for it, right? Like, I wish I could sit with you in your shoes and and understand wholly and completely what that view looks like. Mm -hmm just to be able to have so much more empathy for you. But am I ever going to be able to hug people again without thinking this hug could kill my kid? You guys can't answer that. I don't know. I can't answer that for you, but you know, and, and I, I, I imagine too, and I may be speaking, you know, incorrectly, but it's got to go through your mind sometimes too. Do you ever say to yourself, well, I know it's the same disease, but Benji is Benji and Lorelai is Lorelai. And how well I do because, um, you know, I know Benji was sick around the time as mm-hmm. well. Um, and yeah. he did, he did fairly, I mean, he did. Okay. I mean, it's never okay, but you know what I mean? He's, I don't know if that ever goes through your mind. Yeah. And I think, and that's where, not that I want him to get sick, but like Lorelai handled head colds like a champ at this age. And, you know, she the flu took her down at two, but she got back up or whatever Lorelai's version of up is. And we kept going. But I think I think like he handled that cold fine and the same exact cold five days later killed her. So I it's he's him personality, medical wise, everything. Sweet boy. Well, and I think <laughs> another like a viewpoint that a lot of people have 
which can absolutely be taken um, as an insensitive comment, but it is like a journey that every single one of us are on as mothers of whether immunocompromised or medical kids or whatever it may be, is we never know when the perfect storm is going to hit, right? Like we don't know. I I don't know if, I mean, my God, Sela really has never had the stomach flu. Will the stomach flu be what completely messes with her mitochondrial disease? Now I'm not saying like go live recklessly and pretend nothing's happening that I I have no judgment on how people choose to live. But you like, I truly don't know if I'm like, okay, Caleb, you can ride your bike to your buddy's house and he gets hit by a car. I mean, that's what's the most terrifying thing of motherhood is like, yeah. What decisions am I about to make that's going to affect my child or the outcome of a certain situation? The phrase you use all the time, we white knuckle. We oh, white knuckle I'm as like much sitting- as we can. Yeah. Yes. And um, that's, I, I think a lot of people, you know, unfortunately through this pandemic have lost sight of just empathy for everyone's situations. And so, I mean, in my head, I can think of numerous times people saying, oh my gosh, they could walk out that door and get hit by a car. But that doesn't make it any easier, right? That doesn't make it easy for me to say, sure, my immunocompromised kid can go to school in the middle of a pandemic and I'm just gonna, you know, they could die at any time. Like That's not okay to say. However, that that statement though is also not looking, if you say you could walk out and get hit by a car, if you're looking at statistical, you know, and again, you're making choices based on what the statistical evidence is. So, you, you know, again, it's not judging anybody, but Sometimes those comments are also hard to say because, yeah, I can drive up the street and go get hit by a car. But the likelihood of that is lower than if I walk into a room full of, you know, yeah. lions that need to eat. Like, I, you know, so it's yeah. kind of like. That's but then you lost weight. You're nice and skinny. They won't want you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the truth. You know, I'm like, Terrible. You know, I, I, yeah, it's just, it's one of those things that, yeah, just. Well, and I think that's why it's so hard to have these conversations without having empathy alongside Mm -hmm. of that, because everybody will have their line in the sand. I'm okay with this. I'm not okay with that. And I'm specifically speaking in terms of (laughs) like a motorcycle, you know, somebody's like very specific. (laughs) It's what comes to my head. Like my husband rides a motorcycle and one time somebody was like, well, they could die in a plane crash or they could die in a car accident. I'm like, right, but I am not willing. I would not be willing to risk getting on the back of a motorcycle with three kids at home. Like, it's not a good time to me. It's not worth the risk to me. So I don't know. But your line in the sand is different though, too. And it may change. Absolutely. There's people. Absolutely. Yeah. So if if someone close to you has a motorcycle accident, your line in the sand may completely shift because you're like, whoa, you know? And it, again, yep. for you, Susan, it your circumstances have shifted that line in the sand too. If you were at the other end of this in a different circumstance, it may be a different outcome or a different mm-hmm. thought in your head. Well, and I think too, like you both said, the dance can always be different. Mm-hmm. The thought of taking Benji to Disney right now makes me want to vomit. But if that came up, you know, I I can imagine I have a lot of friends and family who would be like, wait a minute. You said I couldn't come over to your house for two years, but you're going to take your kid to Disney World? And again, the dance can change and the timing Mm -hmm. of like, there's so many components in all of this that 
that line in the sand can get washed away with the water and then come back in a different place. And I don't know. I, I think the empathy. moral of this is empathy, <laughs> like, empathy. compassion and, say, and respect. Mm-hmm. And I, and I was going to say too, with that comment, I took my kid to Disney and mm-hmm. I, there was some other things that I would not do, but I, I was going to take my kid to Disney. Right. And again, it presented that opportunity. When was he going to have, and I tell you, I mean, he listened because he was perfect the entire week. And then, then of course his line gets infected and we have this whole, you know, so, but it, because he's Jackson, he's uh, anyway, that's a whole nother story, but yeah, the, but I feel like, like you said, Diane, with the empathy, I would hope from, from your friend's perspective, well, it's finally dying down and Benji gets to experience this as being a child and she's taking that opportunity and she's putting the faith out there. And I am so excited for you to take him to do this and have this opportunity right now. That's how I would perceive it if I hadn't seen you or hugged you, and you know, because mm-hmm. you're, again, you're always doing it for him. You're, you're, you're doing that dance for him. And we're doing these dances for our kids. And like you said, Diane, I wouldn't get on the back of a motorcycle. I have three kids at home. That dance is, mm-hmm. I, I want to do this motorcycle ride, but I need to think of my children. And no judgment for somebody that's like, oh, it's totally worth getting on the back of a motorcycle because of likelihood again, that I'm going to die yeah, in it. And there is no judgment there. Fantastic. It goes back to the basis of empathy. And it's, I've seen the empathy there and I've seen the empathy go. And it's just, <laughs> I have no other well, words. <laughs> for us, it's always a risk versus reward. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. when you have children, in my case, that have a two to five year life expectancy. And like when you have that, and he spent two years of his, well, he spent two and a half years of his almost three years of life locked in the house because of COVID. Like this was the time in Lorelai's disease when we were out living. We were doing the zoo, we were doing all this stuff. And Benji hasn't done a single thing because of COVID. And so now, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, side note, we haven't even done swallow studies and stuff. So we haven't even done the the not fun things. We've put off some of his medical treatments because of our fear of germs. The kid really, really, really wants to eat like really bad. And <laughs> he needs a swallow study. So no somebody can bring that to my house. We'll do a barium <laughs> test here, please. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I wanted to quickly bring up and talk about We've talked about the empathy and how if you see somebody wearing a mask, just let them wear their mask. Mm -hmm. Like if you see someone, you know, if it's your girls at school or your kids out playing whatever, if they're wearing a mask, let them wear the mask. I recently saw on the news the governor of Florida called some people out on stage in front of everybody actually on national news now saying, why are you wearing that? It doesn't matter. It doesn't work. We have to stop. If you want to wear it, you can wear it. But if you don't like take it off. First of all, humiliating for those teenagers, I would think. Secondly, it's not fair. You don't know that those people don't have a Jackson or a Sayla or a Lorelai or a Benji at home. If people are wearing a mask, let them wear the mask. If they're not wearing a mask, I'm not in anybody's face right now saying, please wear a mask unless you are in my kid's face. In which case I will say, put the mask on. Mm -hmm. 
I just think we have to respect as much as we can. And I agree. I was in the hair salon the other day for Jackson getting his hair cut. You've got the chair here and I'm standing over on the side and the person that was getting their hair done on the other side looked at me and she said, could you move please? And I I kind of was taken aback. She said, I just, I don't want anyone that close to me because I'm immune compromised. And I just would feel more comfortable if you were on the other side of the chair watching your son. And I moved. You see what I mean? But it wasn't, Mm -hmm. it wasn't a bad exchange. That's a perfect example of it. It wasn't a bad exchange. I fully understood where she was coming from. If it gave her that sense of peace for that 15 minutes, and it probably, in my mind, it it probably took her a lot to even get out of the house to go do that haircut, Mm -hmm. you know? So just things like that, like you said, just don't, just don't ask, you know, just let them be Mm -hmm. who they are, you know? I think like not getting defensive too for wherever, where anyone stands on the spectrum. Like Mm -hmm. if we can all come from (laughs) compassion, empathy, respect, (laughs) like how many more times do you say it? But also like not get defensive. Like you could have easily been like, excuse me, you know? Yeah. But you simply were gracious and was like, yeah, not a problem. I completely understand and I'll respect. I would have been like, I'm so thrilled you're sitting next to my immunocompromised <laughs> son. I totally feel safer now. Yeah. And, it, you know, just that that just came to mind when you were just talking about that. Because it's just, it's little things like that. But it's also, I mean, I have walked through a Target and I have had people literally walk next to me and say, why the heck do you have a, I literally had someone say to me, why the heck do you have a mask on? And I quipped right really? around and I, I leave I, my house enough to know this. And I told them, I told them, I told them my piece and I kept on walking and mm-hmm. it wasn't necessary. I didn't have to defend myself, but, and, and you know, it's the same thing though. It goes the opposite way though, too. I shouldn't be over mm-hmm. here, you know, saying to people like demeaning people basically, you know, for, for either way. Yeah. Um, and again, it goes back to empathy. It, it goes both ways and you have to have that compassion and that understanding. So Well, and prior to this global pandemic, I never thought everybody should wear a mask because of Lorelai. Like, I never thought I need the rest of the world to mask up right now because my immunocompromised kid. Now, the fact that this spread so quickly and evolved and the whole world was masked, it just kind of took on a different, a different dance, so to speak, of who's masked and who's not. Um, And I can't, I can't enforce what people do when they're not around my child, but when you're around my kid or in my house, like I hope that you can respect my rules and yeah, I don't like any of this. I don't know about you guys, but I don't like any of this. It's been a tough couple of years. It's a hard thing to talk about too, because it's, it's, it's perspective driven. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I talked to my husband about, he went to Japan for two or three weeks over a decade ago and we were just talking about, culturally as well. You know, he's like, I I saw people in masks all the time a decade ago because if they didn't feel well, they'd put their mask on or, you know, and it's just, it's just an interesting perspective from all different, you know, walks. Like you said, two years ago, you wouldn't have thought that, you know, we will wear our masks to protect ourselves, but I don't expect you in the, in the world, you know, if I go to CHKD or go wherever. Were you masked before COVID? We were. We were because I, I remember yeah. I was trying to buy the masks that you bought. Remember yeah. they went on sale real quick and like yeah, because Jackson um, from the time that I could because he had to have I mean you have to wear a mask during dressing changes too. So um, mm-hmm. subsequently we had to kind of force the child. I mean he learned, but I remember at age gosh he got his central line at eighteen nineteen months. I remember like right before he was two years old we'd wear the masks and we'd practice. 
And I have videos mm-hmm. of him screaming at me in his little two year old speak because so yeah, and I would wear them too and show him. And um, so yeah, I mean, we've been wearing masks for upwards of four plus years now. So yeah, my girls fought me because they weren't necessarily doing it. It was more of me and Jackson because we would be going to the appointments and stuff like that. But over time, they learned as well. And it was just it became a thing. I mean, it didn't become mm-hmm. a thing because it was just normal. Let me ask if someone who never leaves their house, have either of you been to a restaurant lately? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm going to two What more. is it like? What is it or like? Sunday. <laughs> it's really, honestly, if you get out and decide you're going to do it, it is a mind game the first time you're there. It's I just like, think I'm going to have a panic attack. I mean, I felt like I was, like, doing something wrong. I was like... Yeah. And then I always, in my head... This was specific to when I went back to work when we were off for 10 weeks and I went back to work in June. I had the mindset that somebody was going to walk through the door with COVID. I would automatically get it. Mm -hmm. So every time I saw somebody, I'm like, they have COVID. I'm going to get it. They have COVID. I'm going to get it. And slowly the vice grips have loosened a little bit of like, okay, this is, it's not like any other cold, but it's like any other virus where sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. Like I'm not looking at every person that they're a walking COVID bomb that's going to give it to me. But it was very, it was tricky, but it is very fun (laughs) when you go to a restaurant. For me, it was strategic too. So I would call and evaluate, you know, what is your, I would call, the first few times I did it, I called the restaurant and I said, what are your policies on this what are your policies on that? Do you have outdoor seating? Because outdoor seating is obviously a little mm-hmm. bit better to do. And it was rare. I mean, it's it's happening more frequently now, but it was rare. I think I think it took over a year to go out, you know, for the first time. Yeah. But yeah, I would, it, like you said, Diane, it's, it's hard. Even, even now, sometimes I go places and I'm like, like I, when we got back from Disney again, I swore, I swore we were going to get sick. And I, you know, I was like, all right, here we go. Let's see what, <laughs> but well, something came of it, but that was my daughter having an allergic reaction to a medication that was a rare side effect. That was the whole thing. But yes, nothing came of it. I'm so glad you got that experience. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's things like that, that we're not going to get back. Like mm-hmm. we're not going to, you know, and whether it's a motorcycle or our kids underlying diseases, like we don't know what tomorrow brings. Y'all don't know this, but Aubrey live streamed the, um, Disney fireworks. And I sat there watching it bawling on my, like, ball. There were tears all over my iPhone. Like, (laughs) it just, I was so happy for you and your family. And I just, that trip meant so much to you guys, just Mm -hmm. like it meant to my family when we got to take Lorelai. And, you know, it's things like that that I'm glad you could weigh the risk first benefit and get that opportunity. Mm hmm. So do we have anything else to add, ladies? Empathy. Any, any other? And neon lights. Yeah. <laughs> I should get that above. Put it on my collage wall back here. Be kind to everybody. Wash your hands. And that's, you know, like as we go forward, the mom of the immunocompromised here, if you're going to take your mask off, fine. But wash your hands. And let's let's practice good hygiene from this point forward in general. Oh, like you, you can know. brush your teeth with that too. <laughs> <laughs> That's just basic, you know. You need to yeah, just clean yourself, please. You know, we ran out of <laughs> clean yourself. All the parts. Just get Apparently them clean. nobody used toilet paper before this. So now we're all on a roll of using toilet paper. Let's just keep using toilet paper now that the, you know, Clorox wipes, toilet paper, the whole nine. We usually end this with a question. So how about we all answer in terms of going back 
into re-entry or going further with life? What gives you hope as far as re-entry into some form of normal? I'll start. I don't know if this is going to answer the question fully, but I love seeing people's smiles. It just brings a sense of comfort. Um, for me, I'm like a very, um, I love people. And and there was always this barrier that I didn't know that was there with the masks on. Um, so although sometimes it's nerve wracking depending on where I am, I love seeing everyone smiles and just the, even the hope that comes from them. So mm-hmm. I agree. I think for me, I have hope because I feel like science is there and evolving. I feel like numbers are going down in general. And I think for those of us who did get vaccinated, y'all give me hope. For those who wore masks, y'all give me hope. For everybody else, I your empathy towards my family, I hope, gives me hope. <laughs> To my friends and family who have taken the time to ask me, how are you doing with this? I know this is different for your family. Or, you know, what part of seeing me makes you anxious? And for trying to understand where I'm at, because I'm at a very unique place compared to some others, that gives me hope. I feel like I'm in a similar boat. Just see, I think seeing the learn, the learning, just the the way things have shifted and, um, the overarching theme of we're here to help each other. And just like you said, the friend that would reach out and say, Hey, can I do something to make this easier on you or for easier for Jackson to come and just seeing that it was probably there all along, but I think it made us realize to be a little bit more vigilant about it and to have that empathy and to express it. And and it's okay to ask somebody, can I do something differently for you? Or can I do something differently to help you? Or why does this help you so that I can learn to understand? So mm-hmm. just seeing the way that our thoughts and our, our minds have shifted, it's it's a beautiful thing to see, you know? So. And the person that says, hey, I really want to see you. Can I take a COVID test and hug you and wear a mask? Like, I appreciate that. That gives me hope too. The ones who go the little extra step and swab their nostrils for me, I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you, Aubrey, for joining us for this quick episode. Yes, you have thank a million you. things going on, but I think this is an important message to get out there. Remember empathy. Empathy, love, kindness, the whole nine. Let's do it. Respect. 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 Period. <laughs>